All right, today we are going to talk about how your mind gets controlled into believing you are a helpless victim who needs help from a doctor or a surgeon to fix your allegedly bad joints. So the other day I posted a video about somebody who thought I was an idiot when I was talking about hip pain and how I said, hey, stop paying attention to the structural explanations, meaning don't get caught up in this idea of arthritis is the cause of all your issues, that bone damage is always the cause of all your issues, because the correlation between arthritis and an x-ray and actual symptoms is zero. That, that again, I'll just summarize by saying you can have bone-on-bone -bone arthritis in an x-ray and it won't mean anything. You, it has no predictive value for whether or not you have pain and range of motion issues in your knee. And you could have zero arthritis in an x-ray in your knee, and you could have lots of stiffness, pain, weakness, and immobility. The two just don't correlate, which is why I say, who cares? ATM always think muscles. So somebody was talking about that, and I explained in this previous video that, hey, we need to understand that your muscles can atrophy in different ways and that also uh, muscles can be too strong, can be too stiff and inflexible and that can affect things at the knee. And more, maybe most importantly, that your hip muscles need to function in order to make sure your knees don't hurt because if your hips are not functioning well and they do funky things and do not control your femurs well, then your knees are going to hurt, okay? So to me, that was a very uncontroversial statement, but I got a comment from uh, somebody called Kodiak Cycling who said, I think there's no clear proof and evidence which say lack of mobility in the hips, for example, correlate with knee pain. Current literature is not sure about that as far as I know. So first I want to point out uh, Kodiak Cycling, very respectful comment and very um, probably fact-based comment and not at all aggressive. So awesome. Thank you. And thank you for contributing to the development of everybody's understanding, okay? So I'm not trying to attack Kodiak Cycling. I just want to attack this line of thinking and I wanna be very careful about it because um, I don't wanna turn into some sort of like crazy anti-science uh, lunatic, but I also wanna make sure that we're clear about what's going on when doctors start saying stuff like this and how this line of thought infects us and makes us start thinking like, oh yeah, uh, obviously we have to do the thing that has the high tech science behind it, right? So um, Kodiak Cycling is saying, hey, if you look at the evidence and if you talk to your doctor, they're gonna tell you there's, there's no studies that, that definitively show that if your hip muscles are not functioning well, not functioning well that your knee is gonna hurt. There's, you know, where, where's the correlation and causation, okay? So whenever you see anything about joint pain and about muscle function, I want you to think about how potentially complex it is to create a study that adequately encompasses everything about how the muscles work, okay? Around your hip joint, I actually forgot the number, but I think it's 26 muscles that, are, that directly cross the hip joint and control that hip joint. 26, 23, I, I forgot, I haven't gone and counted recently, it's been years, okay? So 23, and all of those muscles do something different depending on the position that the femur is in, okay? So 
you just want to think, well, could, which of those are we going to study? Because we're going to try to do this in a nice, nice, very um, precise scientific way, right? Are we going to study this one, this one, this one, this one, or maybe these four, or maybe just these five, or these 20? Are we going to do all 20? And then how are we going to suss out what the relationship is to this? There's other variables like activity levels, sport that you play, uh, stairs that you walk, how often you walk every day. So you're going to need to construct a very complex study to do this. And that means this is not going to be a cheap study. The study is going to require you to have good statisticians, good data collection. You're going to have to have a whole bunch of patients willing to enroll. And the kicker, the reason why this will never get off the ground is because all of that costs a lot of money. And what is the treatment that you're going to be offering all these people to enroll in this study? Uh, well, let's just say nothing because we're just trying to fact find. Okay, well, good luck. The studies that do get done in medical joint pain research are the ones that offer somebody a treatment, usually something like surgery, and versus a physical therapy protocol that doesn't work, which I've talked about in previous videos in detail in hip impingement and hip labral tears. In particular, I've talked about how those physical therapy studies are, ugh, PT studies, PT versus surgery studies are basically garbage, but uh, that's, that's a different topic, right? So you are looking at a system that is geared towards pushing certain treatments to fix certain discrete, allegedly, problems. So if it's a knee problem, you get knee surgery. And that knee surgery needs evidence, so that evidence will be generated by knee surgeons. And that will continue to proliferate until placebo-controlled studies come out. And even after those placebo-controlled studies come out, where they do fake surgeries versus real surgeries, they still do the surgeries. Okay, so instead of saying, oh, well, you know, the evidence actually shows that this surgery is no better than a fake surgery, we should probably stop doing the surgery, they keep doing the surgery. So if we're going to think about uh, how we treat the human body in a science-based way, and we're going to criticize exercise, stretching, anything that's non-invasive as being non-scientific because there is no body of evidence, then we need to be honest and say, well, the reason there's no body of evidence or a very little body of evidence is because nobody's paying for it because there's not a ton of money involved in people taking care of their own bodies. That's, that's the actual truth, right? That's why I can sit online and say, hey, try these different exercises and you're gonna see that your body gets better and it costs you basically nothing but your time and attention. I don't make uh, $10,000 every time somebody comments and says, hey, I fixed my knee pain, right? A surgeon makes several thousand dollars every time they do a, a surgery, which they are technically skilled at, they have expertise, they didn't kill the patient, the, the anesthesiologist managed to keep the patient alive. I have a friend who's an anesthesiologist, so he'll appreciate that I put it that way. Um, you know, the nursing staff, everybody, the whole hospital operated in such a way that there was cleanliness and hygiene that kept the person from getting infected and dying after you opened up their body. That's all really, truly fantastic technologically, 
but that doesn't mean it's necessary. It generates a lot of revenue for everybody involved. It, it generates revenue for the surgeon, for all the staff, for the administrative structure, for the hospital. But that, again, doesn't mean that it's necessary. It just means that there are a lot of incentives for it to continue. Now, Kodiak Cycling, I'm assuming, is into biking. And I think there's a perfect analogy here when we're thinking about uh, this lack, this alleged lack of evidence that muscles might affect other muscles up here might affect the joint here. Okay, so this is this is about as simple as it gets. We all know, hopefully, what a bike chain looks like. You have in a simple setup, you have that big ring up front and a small ring in the back, and then you have a chain that connects those things, right? So those those two rings connected by the chain, it should be very clear to you, even if you are not a bicycle enthusiast or a bicycle mechanic, that what happens at that big ring is gonna affect what happens at that small ring. Because connected, right? They're literally connected, okay? In the medical world, the analogy here is that doctors would tell you, we haven't yet done a placebo-controlled double-blind study to determine whether or not this big ring and this little ring are related, or that activity here might affect this, right? They, we, have to do a, we have to do a study, and nobody's done that study, so we don't have that evidence. But when we're looking at the human body, I want you to understand that we actually have, we actually have anatomical maps of these things. So we do know that these things affect each other. If you look at a map, an anatomy chart of the human body, you'll see that there are muscles that cross the hip joint, cross the knee joint. Your hamstrings cross the hip joint, cross the knee joint. Your quads can cross hip joint, Cross knee joint. Your adductors, the deep inner, or not deep, well, some of them deep, but big inner thigh muscles cross the hip joint, cross the knee joint. Do we need a very detailed study to determine whether or not something at the hip joint might affect the knee joint? No, it, it's literally clear as day that muscles that cross joints affect those joints. And if you see that you have limited range of motion in the hip joint or at the hip joint, right? Like there's something wrong with how it moves. It's locked in some position. You almost by definition know that the knee is also not going to function perfectly well because that hip joint is, those muscles are not allowing that to move correctly. That means this is no longer functioning at optimum at optimum, right? That's clearly observable. You don't need anybody to do a study for correlation of knee pain to hip muscle flexibility or hip muscle strength. Like, how are you gonna, do I need to like study the bike chain and say like, well, what's, what amount of tension would affect the spin and rotation of the, no, I can just see it. It's clearly a problem. And so when we're, we're talking about joint pain, chronic pain, for people who are struggling to even believe that certain muscles are gonna affect things away from the, the joint that we typically associate with them, 
all you have to do is test this stuff yourself, right? Like, I guarantee your, your general practitioner is not gonna take the time to test this for you and actually doesn't know how to, but you can do stretching and exercise, strengthen things to see what your body does when you do it. And then if you wanna be super scientific with yourself, if you notice something get better, then the simplest, the simplest thing you can do if you wanna test whether or not it's a placebo is just say, well, uh, I'm gonna stop doing that good thing, right? Like let's say you start doing some stretching for your inner thighs and then, wow, your, your hip starts feeling a lot better, then guess what? Easy thing for you to do is just stop stretching for like another two, three months and then see what happens. See what happens, does all your pain come back? If it does, maybe start stretching it again and then just go through that cycle. Every time you tell yourself, well, I feel better, it must be placebo, just stop doing the thing you were doing and find out what happens to those muscles. Think to yourself whether or not, huh, I have better range of motion and control, it no longer feels like it's grabbing because I've been, maybe because I've been doing the stretching, I don't know, let it get stiff again and see what happens. It's gonna be very clear that there is a cause-effect relationship that, that doctors often, their, their philosophy and their perspective tends to blind them to and blind you to. But there's, that's like saying, well, you know, it really doesn't matter what I eat. I can just eat whatever. And, and if my stomach hurts or my, you know, my poo doesn't look good or, uh, you know, I just feel low energy, it has nothing to do with the food because nobody has done a, a study to determine whether eating just sticks of butter uh, is definitively bad for you, right? Who's done that study? Nobody's done that study. You know, you have to do a study for three months of people eating only a diet of butter to determine whether eating only a diet of butter is bad for you or good for you. It could be good for you because we haven't done the study, right? So I, I hope you understand from these analogies just how insidious this mode of thinking is. Now the caveat is we should be scientific about how we approach our bodies. We should be thinking about the evidence that we have for the things that we're doing. We just need to understand at what level that evidence can be generated at and what amount of certainty we can actually have for it. So this is where I think uh, people often get fouled up and I'll maybe talk about this in another video, but um, there are schools that are created by guru, by fitness gurus or whatever gurus, um, you know, strength training gurus, whatever. And they will have certain strong beliefs about the best exercise to do X, right? Best exercise for this, 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 and this, right? They may even have their own very esoteric theories about how the body is ideally aligned, right? And all of this is developed from their own personal experience and also I, I hope and assume is from dealing with uh, people in the real world, right? It's important to know that trying to create universal theories about very specific joint things, very specific exercise things that you propose are universal for every body, every body is, is mm, difficult at best, right? So that's why I always emphasize that if you are working with your body, you need to understand that you have the most access to information about your body specifically and don't let 
an outside expert necessarily override your judgment unless there's ample evidence that you have been able to generate with your body to make the determination. So, or at least, you know, if you're going to listen to somebody's universalist theory, you at least are willing to test it and be willing to, to accept or deny it, right? If, if I tell you that, you know what, every human being should be able to um, do the full middle splits, and if you, you're, and if you can't, you're going to have um, terrible hip pain, right? So I, I, I can say that, you know, maybe I grew up as a gym, let's just say I grew up in gymnastics and from a very young age, I learned how to do the mill splits. And, you know, as I got older, I determined, you know what, I see all these people with hip pain, none of them can do the middle splits. So it must be because they can't do the middle splits. So that's my theory. I generate this theory and I apply it to everybody. But you and your body should be able to think, well, you know, as I'm working to towards this goal, maybe I get halfway there and my hips feel fantastic. Should I be driven by this fear-based warning of like, oh, if you don't do this, you're going to be whatever? Probably not. Even if I'm well-intentioned, you still have to keep your critical thinking cap on and keep reassessing whether or not what I'm saying or whoever is saying um, makes sense for your body. Now, this probably, this topic can go on, on and on and on, but the point is scientifically assess, realize that the understanding of how muscles work with your joints is um, not a question that you need to do big giant medical studies on. It's a question that we'll never have big medical studies done on because there is no money to be made in doing that. So there's no money to pay for these studies. And um, when you are doing anything with your body, you need to be thinking, paying attention, learning how muscles react in your body so that you can make the most progress for yourself, whether it's knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, back pain, whatever. You got to know you're responsible for your body. There's just, don't try to outsource this to a doctor. Don't try to outsource this to a chiropractor, a massage therapist. All these people can be helpful in their own ways, but ultimately the most important evidence and knowledge about your body is generated by you. Okay. You generate it. Okay. So. Uh, I hope this makes sense. Um, also, don't want to leave on, on, on just just all that. So I, I want to also share one really awesome comment um, that I got from Island Gal 500, uh, who said who who's commenting on that previous video. Uh, she, I believe it's the she, since Island Gal uh, is in her 70s, I think. Yeah, I'm in my early 70s and have always been active until three years ago. It didn't take too long until after I started watching. Uh, your videos for me to get back to not having pain. All parts of my body took turns, back, knees, and every part of my feet, especially using the stairs inside my home was difficult, and I used to thump drop with the bottom of my foot because my calf muscles were so tight I couldn't properly walk down the stairs. This is where it gets good. I can't, I can't get over how much better I feel with your help and talks. Now I feel six years younger than my actual age instead of 20 years older, which is awesome. Um, and with more work, I'll have regained my pre-COVID fitness level. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, this is amazing information. You've accomplished what my doctors couldn't. So glad I could stop using those prescribed pills for my back when all I needed to do more 
do was be more flexible to strengthen my abdomen and back and support my feet with slippers in the house. It's common sense. Couldn't see the forest for the trees. Well, Island Gal 500, you did see the forest for the trees and then you got to enjoy all the trees on your little hike because you realized that your body is something you could fix yourself. The pills were clearly not gonna fix it, they're just gonna numb you. And then resting more, what is resting more gonna do? Oh yeah, atrophy, aches. Aye! Atrophy induced immobility. Those are all things you want to avoid, but if you exercise, you move your body, everything feels better. So thank you for sharing that comment, that story. I hope that also inspires other people to get moving and get outside or stay inside because it's pretty cold. I'm even wearing a sweater inside. What's the deal there? It's California, it's cold. All right, so guys, I hope this helps you. If uh, you wanna see more videos that'll help you with your body, please check them out here. If you want to support this channel, use the links you'll find in the description box, Patreon, PayPal. I might have one that links to my website, or you can use the join and thanks uh, buttons on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe. And as always, I hope you remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't.